Thank you for listening to the Yoga Writer Podcast, where we explore the power of words, the wisdom of yoga, storytelling, and spirituality for modern life. Today, I have an amazing conversation with the psychic medium and modern day mystic and one of my dearest friends, Amy Dascola. And honestly, y'all, we cover the entire cosmic gamut in our discussion from the secret of manifesting that goes beyond just quote unquote the secret all that typical positive affirmation stuff you've heard a million times already and that doesn't always work and why that kind of stuff doesn't always work we also discuss how to work with the energy of the full moon to release old stories and energetic hang-ups we go into your soul contracts and your soul families past lives and akashic records really this conversation is like a magical mystery tour and what is so great about amy is that she brings all of these obscure ethereal concepts down to earth and she's really funny fun fact Amy and I met about nine years ago when I went to her house through a mutual friend to attune her to level one and two Reiki. But before she was all of this wonderful mystical stuff, Amy taught elementary school to high-risk youth, and she has had some fascinating, wild spiritual experiences growing up, which we get into in our conversation as well. We both have free events on Zoom this upcoming week that you can join us for, and the links to sign up are in the show notes. We're also co-leading a workshop. I love teaching with her, and we're doing that on Monday, October 25th, Rewriting Your Soul Story. All of the info and the link to join us on Monday, October 25th can be found in les show notes as well. Or you can go to my website, theyogawriter.com to learn more and sign up. This time of year for shadow work, for energy clearing, for all of this type of deep spiritual reflection and excavation, it's the perfect time to go inward on your own personal underworld journey. I hope you're staying safe and I hope you're keeping one another safe, looking out for each other. And I hope you enjoy this conversation that takes us all across the galaxy and beyond with my good friend, Amy Dascola. Hello, Amy. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, I am so happy to be with you, my love. Amy, you and I could literally talk for six hours about all of the spiritual and mystical things, but we'll just pluck out some of the most powerful and potent material that you and I are both diving into and teaching these days. And you are a psychic medium, you are a transformational life coach, you're a teacher, you're a modern day mystic, you are a Reiki practitioner, you are like all of the things. I would love to know because you also have an upcoming event for the full moon in Aries. Can you talk about 
what you offer and what you're offering for the full moon. Yes, I am so excited for this full moon because I feel like it's the ending of all the retrogrades that have been happening with all the planets. Mercury goes out of retrograde. We're just, we're ready to party next week and we are ready to just release that. And throughout Mercury retrograde, I feel like a lot of us have had to go within and that's kind of Mercury's deal when it goes backwards, making us, you know, go like tie up loose ends. And I personally have been too. And I've also been noticing how triggered I am. Mm. So one of the things I'm going to be talking about is the special education teacher in me comes out, listen, all my, all my different hats and the special ed teacher in me loves to talk about the ABCs of behavior. And for those of you that are wondering what that means, as I'm sure most of you are, I uh, worked with EBD students, which is emotional behavioral disorder. And so I did tons of behavior modifications. And that's also why I got into life coaching because now I'm doing it with adults. Mm -hmm. So the ABCs are, you think of it, A is antecedent, B is behavior, C is consequence. So when people go around saying they're triggered, what really that means is something happened before that trigger. And a lot of us don't think about that. And what that is, is that's the antecedent. So for example, you just saw something on social media and you're very triggered. Well, the antecedent was what you saw on social media. Then we get to the C, the consequence. Okay. So if you saw something on social media that was triggering to you, how do you react? Well, you have the behavior. You either turn it off and that's avoidance, or you would continue to fuel it and you would be that troll in the comments because you're trying to get attention. So every behavior has a consequence of it and you're trying to get something from the behavior. That's the whole point. So my whole deal is bringing this in into a spiritual way and also bringing this into reality. Everyone who knows me knows I'm no BS. I'm straight to the point. I'm very real. And even though I am a psychic medium, I'm very grounded. So I want to be able to teach you guys how to work through the ABCs, how to clear those energetic blocks, because what happens is they're like stuck to us, all these hangups we have and all this, ugh, you know, and the full moon, of course, is the perfect time to just release it, honey, and let it go. So I'm going to be walking everyone through a two-day event. It will be on the 19th and the 20th, the 20th, which is the full moon. And we'll just be going through some exercises, talking about drainers, talking about, you know, how we want to manifest, but what we have to let go of first to kind of clear the air and make room and release the space, as I like to say. So yeah, I'm super excited and I hope, you know, to see you there, Miss Melissa. Oh, I will be there with all of the bells on and I am going to have the link for people to sign up for your awesome. two day free event in the show notes so they can check that out there. 
And you just said so much good stuff that I want to dive into and start unpacking. And even just the first thing is I wanted to step back and recognize that you really have then applied this technique from your quote unquote past life, right. <laughs> your past life within <laughs> this life. I know you also work with like Akashic records and past yep. life work, but in one of your previous roles as a special education teacher, how many years were you in the education system? Uh, 4,500. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Definitely. I was girl, at least 15 years. So I was, yeah, I was at about 15 and then listen, I was working, as I said, with really high needs students in really high needs schools and really high needs neighborhoods. And the energy just became too much. I was getting physically sick. I would come home every day with headaches. I would come home just feeling depressed, feeling heavy, feeling all the things. Plus, then you have all the pressures of performing and this, 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 and I am a perfectionist. So even though I was diversity educator of the year, two years in a row, even though the governor wrote me a letter telling me I was one of the most effective teachers in Florida, it was never enough for me because my students were going home to no support. They were going home, not having their needs met. They were living in poverty. And I mean, it, it, as an empath, it was devastating. So I realized once I had my daughter that I couldn't do both. I had to have proper energy for her. So I had to take a leave of absence and I kind of put it out into the universe that I was ready for something else. And, um, what happened was I started a pet sitting business because it was something I was doing because listen, as a teacher, you always have to have two incomes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Summers, right? No, honey, just regular, regular yeah. season. So yeah. I was working two jobs. I had a pet sitting little business and was teaching at the same time. So I just did it full time and just, you know, got more clients. Um, and then I decided I don't want to scoop caca anymore while schlepping my Sophia in like her little uh, baby carrier. I'm like holding her with my arm. It's like 70 pounds. You feel like I'm walking dogs. It was just, yeah. it was too much, too much. So um, I actually, my probably one of the first uh, moon manifesting I personally did, I put it out to the universe that I was ready to work at home full time. And I was a clear and open channel for communication. Mm. And within hands of God, I would say a week and a half spirit came through to me in a stronger way than ever. And I just kind of, I'm big on putting myself out there. And, uh, I put on Instagram and I said, listen, I'm in. I'm a medium. Come see me. And so I love it. that's what happened. I love it. That's that beautiful combination of being able to listen and trust, but then also take action and not just keep staying within yourself. 
I think that's one of the things like you pointed out. And that's one of the things I love so much about you is that, yes, you are incredibly spiritual and you, you can tap in to these other dimensions of awareness, but you're also so firmly rooted on the actual earth where we all are living and where it's really challenging and where we need a lot of help and support from each other. And that's, what's so important. Yes, it is. And I love that you also said like, you have to do the work to manifest. Like manifesting isn't just like your fairy godmother coming through and being like, here, sweet child, you've been a good girl. You deserve this. Live the life of your dreams. No, it is like universal goal setting. So you have a goal, you put it out to the universe and use certain times where the moon is going to be able to calibrate your energy and kind of get you in flow. But you have to do the work as well. So that's why during this workshop, I want to teach you how to clear the energy because if you still have attachments to things, you're still going to have attachments to things, right? So if it's a belief that's in your way, if it's, you know, something someone told you in your family when you were three is in the way, if it's, you know, a karmic issue, if it's an ancestral issue, regardless of what it is, and that's, a whole different story. That's like a Kashuk record story, but you have to get rid of it. Otherwise you're still going to have it. So in order to truly manifest, you have to surrender and you have to surrender to your truth. So you can open up, as you said, to the possibility of flow and whatever you want to come through. Right. That's so key. And that's one of the great things. Your event is two days. And I, I think it's really important because you don't just jump in to the manifesting stuff, which is what draws a lot of people, right? Because we are motivated by this desire to quote unquote, live our best lives. And, you know, manifesting has become this hardcore pop wellness concept. And a lot of people get frustrated with manifesting. And I think it's because of that very reason is that we are not doing the pre-work that is necessary. We're not examining our patterns and our stories that are currently in place that are drawing in the kinds of circumstances and energies in our lives, because that is truly what we're putting out there on a mental level, on a deeper, unconscious, energetic frequency. And that's part of the work that I really have been specializing in these past couple of years in regard to shadow work is more of that like digging down into the roots of things and going into the unconscious, like you pointed out, our stories and seeing like, oh, I say I want more abundance. I want to draw in more money in my life, but I'm still harboring a money story that rich people are assholes and that to be materialistic is not to be virtuous. That was a money story that I held for years. Even though like I grew up upper middle class, I always identified as an artist, as a sensitive, creative soul. And that secretly made me more virtuous than people who were just chasing after a buck. You know, like I never wanted to be into business. I always wanted to be writing poetry or making art or changing the world through art. That, and I was very self-righteous in that, right? But that's not what we're conscious of. 
that's all like the unconscious stuff that through shadow work and through a lot of like the clearing work and restoring work that you're doing next week and you and I are going to be doing together in our workshop on October 25th as well. Like all that kind of pulling our issues up and out of the soil by the roots so that we can finally let go of those patterns. That's what we need to do in order to start drawing in what we actually want and not just repeating the same patterns. Yes. And I think what you said, like drawing them up, like a big thing for me. And I think for most people is once you name it, it's real. So a lot of us, you know, we're like, well, I don't know. I feel, I feel upset about this or whatever it is, but when you really drop into it, and that's generally like what comes through in readings for me with people or for people with me. And it's those, they're almost like soul hangups. And a lot of it can be like karmic things that you are going through. Um, I was, this is like a wild story. I don't know if you even know this, Melissa, but when I was 12 years old, I had just kind of started my spiritual awakening at 11 And, um, it was because of traumas that had happened to me during my childhood. And I believe spiritual awakenings start either through a traumatic event or a psychedelic event. So, um, at that time, believe it or not, I was experiencing both. So I was a little young to be in the psychedelics, but I was, so that's where I was at anyway. Um, at 12, my family is very spiritual. I come from a lineage of psychics. My grandmother's crystal balls actually behind me. I have um, very deep rooted um, spiritual ancestry. So my mom was actually holding an angel conference with her best friend. And um, at the time we were living in Minneapolis and someone came to the door And my dad answers the door and lets the woman in. He just assumes that someone amongst this like crew of gypsies that basically (laughs) I've been going in and out of our house. First of all, I I have so many things. Like I want, I I have so much angel conference, an angel conference in Minneapolis at your, at your house. Um, no. So it wasn't at my house, but it was like the revolving door. We had like this big, beautiful home. So it was like, that's where people were coming in and out of. And some people were coming from out of town. Hence why my father just lets a random woman in my house. And my father is not part of the, um, lineage. If you He's will. not a gypsy. <laughs> right. So God bless him. Um, but he's, he's very open and tolerant and, you know, even embraced when at, you know, 11 years old, I said, I was talking to dead people and whatever, he was fine. So this woman comes into our home and asks to speak to me. And so we sit down on my couch and she proceeds to read my Akashic records and she goes through and tells me all of my past lives tells me, uh, the central issues, kind of, uh, my soul's purpose and my soul story and the issues that I had had in every life and most likely will continue to have. And what that was is that I have always been, uh, a very intricate and powerful healer who oftentimes has a tough time fitting in with 
uh, romantic relationships and with my self-worthiness. So just like literally named all the things. And this woman told me that I immediately needed to get into the healing arts and that I should get into acupuncture. So and you're she's 12. You're 12. I'm 12. I'm 12. So it was like wild. Like she even named my names in past lives, uh, told me, you know, who I was in Egypt told me who I was in the black forest. Like it was, it was wild. It was so wild. Uh, anyway, that woman disappears as fast as she came in. No one knew who she was. I have chills everywhere. She wow, me too. 100% was a spirit walking. There is no one could tell me who she was. No one knew who she was. She told me she was from Pennsylvania, which ironically is where all my family's from, which was weird. So then my father instantly trusted her because she was from Pennsylvania. She knew Philly the key. Strong. Yeah. She knew. The key to she knew. She knew. Strong. <laughs> yeah. So fast forward, I went to college for acupuncture and then I didn't so, know this. yeah and then I switched my major I I graduated high school um a couple years early I ended up having to drop out of high school and go into alternative school but um I work very fast and so I was able to go at my own pace in the alternative school and ended up graduating a year and a half early so I went to college early so I went for acupuncture and then later ended up dropping out and then working at um, like an after-school YMCA program with kids. And I was like, oh my God, I love children. This is what I want to do. And then I switched my major to education. So wow. yeah, so now it's kind of come full circle where I'm reading the Akashic records and it like, it feels so natural. It feels so good to be able to help people clear soul issues because that's what the Akashic Records is, is like, it's not like a psychic reading. It's being able to access like all the knowledge of time in the hall of records and in Akasha. And it's a sacred divine celestial realm where like a regular, um, mediumship reading, for example, would be you connect with people's past loved ones, a psychic or soul reading, which I also do is you're connecting with the person's higher self and interpreting and analyzing that. But an Akashic records reading is you are accessing the oversoul. Mm. So it's like being able to access different realities, different versions of you, different lives of you, different what ifs of you. It's wild but it's like quantum healing because since you are in that space, you ask questions to it and I'm a conduit and a channel. So I just tell you what I hear from the master's teachers and loved ones that are on the other side and reading the Akashic records. So it's, it's transformational and it's something I do for myself. I work in the records. I even work in the records with my husband. If something's going on, I'll access it. And it's like, figured out blocks we have in our relationship that he and I would have never, ever known. So it's so cool. Uh, so I'm really excited to be starting to also really dive into that work. And I will uh, be starting to offer it very soon as well. Wow. So much. 
So know, many girl. things we can talk about just with this alone. And I, I, I do want to back up for just a moment. I have some knowledge of reading about the Akashic records and in the yoga tradition from where I primarily study and learn and teach, the Akash is a dimension that is referenced in, in Samkhya yoga philosophy as well in regard to that dimension of etheric space. And yes. in more like new age books that I've read over the years that reference Akashic records, I've always had this image in my head of like one of those incredible, like the great library of Alexandria or something yes. like that. That's like the most gorgeous yes. library. That's also like a, a castle, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if you could explain a little further for anyone listening who may not be familiar with the Akashic records, like what that actually is. So it's, it's very much like how you picture it kind of like that, but it's basically like there's different realms and people say like, there's, I believe like seven realms. I don't know all the names, et cetera. Like fairies are on a realm. Angels are on a realm. Our past loved ones are on a realm. We're mm -hmm. on a realm. So it's basically like light. So it's really hard to, so like when people, teachers, masters, and loved ones, basically like there's ascended masters. So there's people that keep the records and they are the record keepers, hence the name. And they are the ones that will come down and speak to you, but you have to kind of go up to their level, but it's, we cannot access their level in my right. understanding. So it's kind of like, okay, I'll meet you halfway. Like picture, like basically I connect by creating myself as a light body. So I put my light body in front of me and then I can slow down. What does that mean? <laughs> go, go on, explain. <laughs> so, okay. Our soul right here. And then our human, here we are. Then you also have a light body that is connected to the other side. So your light body, the way I communicate with other light bodies is by getting my light body together. So I literally picture my light body in front of me and connect with my light body. And then it's almost, I don't know how else to explain it, but like I connect to like almost like a cord of light. Okay. And then by connecting to the cord of light, as I said, the ascended masters then almost meet me halfway because they're not going to come down to earth. That's, that's not their place, uh, nor do they want it to be. So and is the light body the same thing as an aura? No, not, not. Am I, in, am I being too left-brained about all of this? No, <laughs> or, not or at all. I think that's a really good question. Not for me. I generally feel auras and see auras on people, uh, connected through chakras to right. me. Right. Some people may say it's a light body and, you know, listen, lost in translation. And it's, it's so opinion based and experience based that it's, it's hard to decipher. Sure. So again, these are just all my experiences of what I, what I see and what I do. So, um, 
I don't remember what was the question. Oh, so like, yeah, the differentiation between the light body and your aura, because it does, it sounds like it's not the aura. It's like you're visualizing yourself in the causal plane or the etheric plane. Like here we are in our meat suits on earth and I've got shoulder pain and my, you know, like all the things. And I'm very happy to be here and it's great, but we're also very dense and connected to matter. And then in many of these traditions, and you're right, it, it completely depends. There's a lot of this in the yogic traditions in terms of the different dimensions. There's a lot in Buddhism as well, the the different planes of existence where, yeah, where we're tied to the wheel of samsara. Even uh, the gods are tied to the wheel by a golden chain in Buddhism and yoga, right? Unless until you fully break that that chain and go into essentially like the void as the Buddhists would call it. To me, it's just a beautiful way to really clear issues that are not just of this lifetime, but many lifetimes. Right. So for example, I told you um, that during my Akashic record reading when I was 11, which unbelievably, oh my God, I have it in the drawer, Melissa. I hand to God just found... So it's wild. Like I literally look at this. Here it is. Oh my God. From when I was 11. Yeah. And so it goes through. It's so wild. Look, she even drew the realms. Like I can't, it's so crazy. It's yeah. It's so funny. I found it. Um, I had a friend pass away and I was like looking for pictures and things like that. And I had been looking for that piece of paper probably since I was 17 and it just like landed right there. It was amazing. But anyway, so me going within the Akashic records, and these are very personal things, but I'm, I'm like an open book. If those of you that know me. So, um, I found out that what's blocking me is that I have a martyr complex. And so it makes complete sense to, you know, you're a healer, all these lives, this, 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 you know, people are thinking other things of you and maybe not good things because you are doing these things, whatever. And then all of a sudden you feel like a martyr, which makes sense of why I was a teacher in the schools I was in, in the exact position I was in and in my current role. So I've been working within the records to try and clear that and live out my karma and live the Dharma of it all. And just knowing that I don't have to be a martyr. I can just be a healer. So it's just been so powerful to be able to work within that and do that really deep healing because it's almost like, I don't know how deep to get with this, but if you have karma that you're working on and it's in your soul contract, which is a whole different thing, uh, uh, okay. I'll explain a soul contract real quick. Cause yes. I, Cause you I, knew I was going to, I was going to ask you to do that. So, okay. You come in to these incarnations with soul groups and with a soul contract soul groups, like are the people where you just meet them and you're like, Oh my God, I love you. I feel like I've known you forever and you just connect also 
soul groups are the people who trigger you. Okay. Yes. And these are things that you have chosen to work through karma. Okay. Mm-hmm. So your dharma in this life is to go through and work it out with these people. Now, humans have free will. So free will will allow, I, I've had a lot of people like, I've even had people like go crazy in my DMs. Like, well, do I have free will? Do it? Can I do da, 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 like yeah. freak out about it? Like, of course you have free will. That's why we're humans. Right. Yeah. Anyway. But I can see that, that panic of yeah. determinism, like, oh no, it really, it, it can create an existential crisis, which exactly. I think a lot of us, you know, these past almost two years throughout the pandemic have been going through an existential crisis at one level or another, at one, one dimension or another, from the material plane to the more ethereal realms too. All of them, right? All of the crises. Yeah, yeah. we're at a crisis point. And yeah. I think that's also why so many more people are seeking answers in the beyond, in the mysterious, because- yeah we do feel lost and confused and stressed and stuck and and it's completely understandable and course. it it gives us a new story of believing the unbelievable because no one could have ever believed what happened 18 months ago could happen so why not try <laughs> why not tune into something else you know right it's so true. You know, at the that's funny that you say that a couple of things you just have referenced have really reminded me, and I've mentioned her to you before, to um, Carolyn Miss. She is an extraordinary psychic and author and teacher, and she's written many books. Anatomy of the Spirit is one of them. And she writes about soul contracts in that sense, even from the lens of the chakras and how like uh, at our solar plexus, is essentially like our soul contract with the world and with other people and with our roles in life that we are here to fulfill. And there are so many other yogic parallels to Mm -hmm. this, which is fascinating. Um, But she even said she she has a lot of YouTube videos out there that you can access for free. And toward the beginning of the pandemic back in 2020, she had a brilliant thing that she said. It was like, on January 1st, if I had talked to you and I had told you, and she didn't know that this was coming or anything like that, but she said, like, if I had just told you, hey, guess what? In a few short months, the whole world is going to go into a lockdown and there's going to be a life, a fatal virus, a life-threatening virus that is going to cover the entire globe. Every single person is going to be affected by this. It is going to affect our relationships, our economy. It's going to affect everything. You wouldn't believe me, but Mm -hmm. she said, now we're in this realm where- State of disbelief. Yes. And we're in this stage where the impossible has become possible. And that she says is the language of the gods. And that's, that's really what it is. And just, and that's even what manifesting is, is just surrendering to belief or disbelief, because if you're in flow of disbelieving, you're not believing. And that's where those limiting beliefs come in. Those, you know, uh, all those hangups, it's almost like a B like, yes, no. And 
same with possibilities. Um, I'm being like drawn to also say that a lot of times people want clear, direct answers. Okay. You cannot get clear. A lot of people will come to me with like one question and they want me to tell them because that's why, you know, they're getting a psychic reading or whatever. I cannot, I can only lead you. I can only help you to see that choice because again, humans have free will. Mm. Our, our angels, our spirit guides, they can guide you, but they cannot tell you what you are supposed to do. Right. Mm. And so when we all came to this moment of not knowing what to do and being so like empty for some of us, it was very, of course, everyone is alarmed and panicked. Don't get me wrong. But for me as a, I don't know, whatever, it was very freeing. It was one of the most freeing years of my life. And I'm a panic attack girl. So at first it was the scariest moment I've ever felt, you know, because I'm a germaphobe, because I don't like to be out of control because I'm easy to, you know, be put into a panic attack. <laughs> and, then, and, and you're a parent. I feel like yeah. being a parent during the pandemic has got to be just another level of oh, heartache and challenge that I'll I never forget my Sophia in bed. She stopped sleeping. She just stopped sleeping because she wasn't expelling energy. Um, and she said, I'm just so sick of looking at these walls. I don't want to be in here anymore. I'm like, sister, me too. <laughs> and yet you had this incredible time and space. I did. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I full force came out of the, came out of the psychic closet. And so it was almost like, I felt like it was a dare from the universe. I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm doing it. Um, and one last thing I want to say about the soul contract, I could go on and on, but the soul contract, the one thing I do want to say, like, sometimes you'll feel it and you'll know, because if like, let's say it's a breakup of some sort a partnership of anything, you know, business, mm -hmm. personal, romantic, whatever. Sometimes you will feel the shift, but the other person doesn't, right? And that's why there's always one person that breaks up with the other. But the whole reason for that is you have rewritten your soul contract. You have rewritten it to do something else and you are speeding up your karma. So that is your free will. You've cleared it and you're moving on. And so it's almost like when you incarnate, I was talking about the AB. So like you can choose, okay, if this, then this. So for our logic brain friends, if this, then this, if this, then this. So you pick these paths or these lessons or these ways to level up, as they say. And you also pick the soul groups that you're traveling with. And soul groups can be, you know, from multiple lives or just this life. Um, and you can even pick, I believe, spirit guides to come along with you. For example, some of my spirit guides are people that I lived with within this realm and within this life, but have now passed on. So they're with me, but also it's, it's a slippery slope because that can also be past loved ones. But 
for me, I'm able to distinguish, you know, my ancestors versus my spirit guides, if that makes sense. How do you distinguish? Like, is it a different energy signature? Is it just an intuitive feeling? Uh, A little bit of both. And me being very analytical myself, and I love science and I love proof and I love evidence. It was very hard for me because when I first started my mediumship, I wasn't able to tell who was coming through and it bothered me. So some mediums will say like past loved ones come behind you and um, other energies will come in front of you. Some people will say, oh, I feel them on my left or I feel them on my right. And what I realized is you can like assign them spots. So past loved ones are behind me. um, And I feel like the divine realm above me. And then I feel you like when I do like a soul reading or whatever, you're in front of me. So I'm able to access. Cause again, I, as I said, I know it's kind of bizarre, but I put your light body in front of me. So I'm able to connect with your higher self or your soul. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm trying to connect with your over soul, picture it an umbrella of all your lives. If I'm trying to connect with your over soul, then I go up to the quantum realm and am able to have that divinity. And a lot of times, like I am a channel. So what that means is it just comes through me and the language sounds different. I know when I'm with like uh, a master or um, like a a divine connection, it sounds different. Like the Mm -hmm. actual language itself is not words I would use. Yeah. So it's just, it's just kind of different. And it is, that's why it's so important for people exploring their spirituality to find mentors, to find those classes to take, because it's not something that's easy to access on your own. Granted, I was blessed with this gift and a lineage. So I was kind of shown how to do it, if you will, and to trust it and just to let it flow, because that really is the key is just surrendering to the flow and surrendering to spirit. So I had that ability. So things come through real quick, but how to figure out who, what, where, when, why was something different for me. And so you have been intuitive your whole life, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And that was nurtured and supported by your mom. I mean, my God, she was hosting a thing called an angel (laughs) conference, which I'm not even sure what an angel conference is. Amazing. Right. (laughs) Just teaching like at workshops, like we do, but it was, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. So obviously they were in person and she had like, you know, her, her psychic friends (laughs) network. Uh, Minneapolis is a very big spiritual vortex for people and it has a huge spiritual community. Wow. And I know that you've really though developed your intuition and your mediumship over the years. Yeah. It's like you, you already had it and you and I have talked about this and, and we both believe that everybody is intuitive, Yes, but it's just a matter of, as you pointed out, surrendering and opening up and trusting. And that can be really challenging mm. for a lot of people, myself included, who yeah. get really stuck in self-doubt. Um, so how did you develop your intuition and mediumship? 
uh, forced basically by the universe. Like I felt like I had no choice. Uh, really it, it was sparked through trauma. So it was like the universe's trauma response for me. So when I, my mediumship, everything's always been there, but as we said, you know, it develops or it ebbs and flows. And sometimes, you know, I'll have times where my mediumship, I'm like, where is it? What is going on? This is so weird. And it's very common amongst mediums, um, to ebb and flow throughout your life and your, your gifts ebb and flow and have strengths, et cetera. Oh, okay. That actually, you know, that's funny. That makes me feel better as someone who struggles with trusting. And I've had so many experiences where you're so intuitive. You're so intuitive. It's funny. That's like what so many friends have told me over the years. And I guess it's one of my soul hangups because I also want to return to this because obviously as a Capricorn as a like delightful cynic from Staten Island. You know, I, I want to talk about the hangups. Yes. Let's talk about the problems. Yes, sister. <laughs> I'm with you. You know, that is why I love you. Yeah. But that makes me feel good to know like, oh, okay. It's not always like, you don't have this personal speed dial to the divine realms at all times where you can just be like, which restaurant should I go to tonight? <laughs> I mean, you could call on that's how guide. I'm going to use, right. That's how I'm right. going to find guidance for, for dinner. <laughs> well, I use them to find parking spots and I always get the front row. So I mean, do what you will. I do it all. Um, but yeah, it, it ebbs and flows for sure. So I really, um, had an awakening when I was, I think like 25 or 26, one of my closest friends who was an ex-boyfriend passed away and, um, tragically suddenly. And I went around angry, depressed, upset, just all the things, you know, disappointed with karma, with life, with everything. Of course. And I started connecting with him because, and at first I was so angry that I couldn't because, you know, I'm like, he knows I'm psychic. Why would he not be talking to me? And finally it did come through and it sparked a whole different awakening. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just went through another one. I had another very dear friend, one of my best friends pass this past March and it, it sparked a lot of things. It sparked depression. It sparked sickness. It sparked all sorts of spiraling, but I was so much in the business of light already that I was able, I mean, I know it sounds wild, but I was able to help him on the other side and help myself go through all the things. Mm -hmm. And so I really do. And there are a lot of people that believe, as I said, that awakenings come through traumas and awakenings come through anxious, uh, encounters or whatever. And as I said, also psychedelics. So it's whatever that moment is that really sparks you that begins the unfolding, but it's what you do with the unfolding. Cause a lot of us can just shove it down and pretend it doesn't exist. And oh, yeah. It's not, I also want to clarify that I don't like when people say the veil is thin. Okay. There is no veil. 
it's always there for you to access. It's just your mindset, your human that's saying the veil is thin. No, it's always there. You just have to surrender to it to access it. Oh, I love that so much. That is a phrase that you hear so often on social media and in, especially in the wellness communities. Um, I call bullshit. Yeah. It's just, you are the veil. That's the only thing is that when someone dies, you're in so much pain and your heart is so raw and open that you're able to feel differently because grief does wild things to us. So you're dying and yearning to connect with something greater, which is the same that I believe happened through the pandemic because we were all open differently because there's so much fear. There's so much of this unknowing feeling, which is the same as grief. We were grieving the lives we once knew and no longer were here. So it's the same thing to me. And I think that's why the awakenings happen with so many people over the past couple of years or 18 months, whatever it is. Right, right. So much good stuff. Oh my goodness. Um, And that does bring us back to how we can clear some of those stories. Because just like you said, this concept of the veil being thin is a story. It's a mindset. Correct. It's not actually rooted in anything, but if we believe it, then we benefit real. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So part of the work that you're going to be doing next week, and I know you also have a longer course that takes people through that process. Once they have started a spiritual journey, we do, we need guidance. It's really, it's almost impossible to go (sighs) it alone. So, and you and I have an event together coming up on October 25th, where we'll also be, I know I'm so excited too. We're going to give people an opportunity to rewrite some of their soul stories and kind of work through some of those soul hangups so they could get beyond those bumps in the road and over to the other side where there is more space to receive, where there's more grace to receive. And trusting themselves through you and I geek out about automatic writing. So we do that. And to me, that's how, when I do soul readings, that's what I do is essentially automatic writing. And that's how I channel. And so it's so powerful. And I use it within, um, with my clients and with my membership group, I've been really having people hone into speaking to either your guides or your past loved ones or your higher self through automatic writing. And it's life-changing and people think, you know, it's something else, but it's, it's just beautiful. It's automatic writing is such a gift that we all have access to. Yes, it is. And it really is. I think that doorway to shift from our, uh, very material, rational left-brained into opening up to the possibilities and the numinous that exists in the right hemisphere of the brain because automatic writing asks us to like kind of shut off some of those left-brain processes that many of us are just swimming in all day long. And so what is it about working with the moon? And then also, you know, you've talked about 
we've, we have like literally gone all over the freaking cosmos in this conversation. We have gone <laughs> up to the Akashic we records. We have, <laughs> and now I want to talk about celestial bodies <laughs> to bring it back to the beginning. Cause you even mentioned how Mercury is going to be out of retrograde. So then how do you relate our energy work, which is all spiritual work is energy work. I know you and I are right. both firm believers in that and rewriting our stories has to happen first on the energetic level versus just the mental level. It's like manifesting doesn't work if I just think, okay, I want a million dollars. I want a million dollars. I deserve a million dollars. A million dollars <laughs> should land in my mailbox tomorrow. I am. No million dollars. No million okay. dollars. Cause my energy signature is still very much rooted in so many conflicting stories yes. that would block or oppose. I want a million dollars. And so how do you work then with, or consider uh, the moon or other celestial bodies in that energy work? So you have to have replacement behaviors if you want to fix a behavior, okay? You can't just assume, like, if you're smoking, I'm just going to quit smoking. God bless you if that's what you're going to do and then just drop it. But most people need a habit to replace the habit, right? Yes. So the same thing goes with limiting beliefs. And again, that is, you know, it's tied up as we just talked about, like our soul story, and it can go back to past lives. Da, da, da. So you have to clear it and then rewrite it. But until, you know, it's, it's the duality of it. So until you're clearing it, you cannot rewrite it. You have to clear the energy in order to welcome something in just as you were speaking on. And so the best time to do that is during moon cycles. New moon, mm. you want to bring things in. Talk about what your intentions are. Then until the full moon, you're thinking about, okay, what do I need? What can I do to plant seeds to make it grow? Who can I access? Who can help me? And then the full moon, you're letting it go and you're rewriting it because you've already thought about, okay, I know I want to bring this in. I know I want to manifest it. But the full moon is putting light on everything, showing mm. you like, okay, well, you want this, but this is what has to happen in order for you to attain it. This is what you need to do for you. So again, it's doing the work. It's not just automatic. It's not just, I wish for fairy godmother. Come on. No, yes. it's not going to work. And that's why people get so irritated with manifesting. And what I like to do is keep, I have manifesting journals. So I love to look back at them and especially like six month cycles, you know, I'll look back and say, oh, okay. Since October, I'll look back at April's and then see what happened in that Libra full moon in April. And here we are in the Aries full moon. And so are they paralleling? Has anything come to fruition? And that's the other problem is people are like, well, it's not happening, honey. It may take you 10 years. I'm not saying manifestation is, you know, an overnight possibility, but it can be just like when I said, I'm going to be a psychic medium. I was a psychic medium, you know, that minute next day, I was a psychic medium and forever on the day before I was a special education teacher on leave. You know what I mean? Right. So 
you, you really can step into anything if you wholeheartedly just do it. But if you're not wholeheartedly just doing it and just surrendering to the energy of it, you have to do the work and you have to clear. I didn't have any limiting beliefs of not believing I can do whatever I want, whereas most people do. And so that's, you know, a, a gift that I have, but it's not a gift. It's something I've worked toward and seen because I've had so much adversity in my life. I've seen no problem. You know, I had, a, like I said, in high school, I was kicked out of high school for getting in physical altercations, believe it or not. And then went to alternative school and then was like, Mm-mm, not for me. I'm going to clear it and I'm going to do it fast. So I did, you know, it was no problem. And then I went to college, et cetera. But if you're not in that mindset, you got to do the work. So it really is about mindset and using the universal energy to tap into it. So it goes faster and quicker. So you don't have to wait 10 years to get your dream life. Yeah. Uh, And and I am so excited personally to attend your two day workshop, working with clearing. Cause like Lord knows, I mean, I've been on a spiritual path. I, I got introduced to Reiki in 2006. Mm -hmm. but (laughs) so much, there's so much work. There's so much peeling back. There's so much unfolding that needs to. It's a smelly onion is what awakening is. Yeah. It's just, it makes you cry. I mean, it's awful. Yeah. And you, you kind of think you've reached a stage where you're like, oh yes, I've really, I know a lot. I've read so many books. Look at me. I have easy now. Yeah. And and no, not Mm -mm. at, not at all. And and we are living in an incredibly challenging time in human history. There's so much crisis. So it's, and especially for empaths and people who are sensitive and on a spiritual yeah. journey, we're feeling so conflicted. There's, there's so much emotion for us to process and parse out what is ours and what is not ours and how we can be better citizens in this world too. One of yeah. the things in the, in the yogic tradition, you had mentioned Dharma and the ways that I was taught our, our true Dharma is never just for ourselves. Mm-hmm. True Dharma uplifts everybody around yes, you. The collective consciousness. Definitely. Okay. Right. Yes. And I think that could even be adapted to manifestation too, like manifestations that are also inclusive of support for the collective, not yes. just like, Oh, I want this, this thing just for me. Um, Mm, And that's huge right there because then you will not get it because surrendering is surrendering. You're still attached to, I want it's for me. So that's, that's a huge thing. Like, and that's, what's really hard to like, but that's why we meditate, right? Just to get free, to get open, to get to that space of nothingness and manifesting fortunately, unfortunately is kind of the same thing. Like if you're still in the human grasping ego wanting, it's going to be harder to access. 100%. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that it really is where the majority of people are manifesting from. And, yeah. and it's hard to know, like, am I, am I truly manifesting from this place of attachment and ego driven totally. awareness, or is this goal deeper and part of my soul story when it's really deeper and part of your soul story, then it's going to come to fruition at some, at some point, maybe not in the timeline that our ego minds want. Right. As a control freak, a recovering 
recovering control freak. I am working still, on this. Like I, even though I'm trying to recover, uh, no. I also mm-hmm. love it. Like that's part of my shadow work, right? Yeah, is, um, recognizing that I actually, I like, I actually love being a martyr because I love being right. Oh, mm. it's just so delicious that like, that's why, that's why I do it. And mm-hmm. it's not until I can like embrace how much I freaking love being correct. <laughs> and that's why we were teachers too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Teachers, healers, givers, social workers. We are very much the like, honey, let me help you. Vibe. Right. Like I live <laughs> to help people. Like that's all I want to do is help you right. to my fault, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. I know. I'm hearing like my own mother. All I want to do is help you. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Just don't. I oh don't want God. it. <laughs> now I'm that. You're welcome. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, karma. <laughs> so, so much good stuff is coming yeah. up and I'm looking forward to celebrating this fiery Aries full moon with you online on zoom and Then on the 25th, like I mentioned, we have our workshop together also on Zoom. It's going to be $33 and it's rewriting your soul story. And it's going to involve some of the writing journaling practices and the meditation techniques and all of the other energy and psychological techniques and behavior techniques that you and I have been implementing to help ourselves and our students for years. Absolutely. I'm so excited. And it just feels so good to like clear and release and then just rewrite it because that is free will guys. That's all it is. That's why we're here. So you got to utilize it. And if you're not sure how you find people to help you and to mentor you and find that path, just like you and I have done, you know, as we said, doing the spiritual work is not easy and you don't know where to turn or what to, who to go to, you know, we've, we've both been very blessed to have mentors basically fall in our laps throughout our lives and not everyone is that blessed. So if you need help, find the help because Mm -hmm. you don't have to live miserable. You don't have to live disenchanted when you can be anything and feel any way you want. Mm. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Amy. And I know you're on Instagram and people can connect with you there. Yes. And you can find me on my website, amydascola.com. I have a fun little quiz up right now. Are you an empath? Are you an intuitive or are you a medium? And it's been a big hit. It's so fun. Um, And I kind of made it a little bit nineties theme too. And all the things you'll see. That's so yeah, it's, it's, you can find out, um, I think it's in my bio on Instagram. You can just click there. And if you want to sign up for October 19th and 20th at 7 PM Eastern, I would love to see you and have you and meet you and connect. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. It's always so fun to be with you. Love. Same. Thank you for listening to the Yoga Writer Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with me and Amy Dascola, and I hope to see you in one of our free upcoming workshops. You can, again, get all that information in the show notes, or you can check out my website, theyogawriter.com, or Amy's website at amydascola.com 
www.thepurposeofthe.com. And if you felt uplifted or nourished by this conversation, I would absolutely love it and appreciate it if you could rate and review or share this podcast, share it on social media, tell a friend about it. It really helps a fledgling project from the heart like this, you know, get a little more traction. So I appreciate you so much for being here and until next time.